Valentine's Day is almost here, and that makes my snarky little heart want to talk about the kind of love that doesn't fill your soul. It drains your bank account. Have you ever heard of romance scams? It's when love is a crime. Welcome to another episode of The Unlovely Truth. I'm your host, private investigator Lori Morrison. I'm so glad that you're here to join me as we look at another compelling set of true crime stories and we'll find either some physical, spiritual, or emotional safety takeaways from today's investigation. This is Season 5, Episode 6. and Today we're going to look into some cases so we can learn the warning signs that you, or maybe someone you know, has an online Romeo who is really a vampire trying to suck you dry. So the first romance scammer we're going to look at isn't a Romeo. She's actually a Juliet. Just last week, a Utah court sentenced 39-year-old Nellie Idowu to six years in prison for using fake profiles to bilk her victims out of over $6 million. I know that just sounds crazy, but these people are usually working multiple victims at one time. She also had a few accomplices so that they could multiply how many people they could go after. Nellie's favorite victims were lonely women over the age of 65. Some of those victims lost their entire life savings. Nellie and her criminal partners would use these fake profiles to establish romantic online relationships with lonely ladies. Once they had their victims emotionally attached to them, they started to spin tales of things like family members with desperate need of expensive medical procedures. Other times, the story might be about helping a U.S. military member who would become stranded overseas. Authorities aren't even sure that they've identified all of the victims who fell under Nellie's spell. She was running this particular scam mostly from 2017 to 2019. So if you think that an older woman, or even a man, it happens to them too, you know, if you think that this person may have fallen victim to Nellie or someone like her, you can call the National Elder Fraud Hotline at 833-FRAUD-11, which is 833-372-8311. You can also go online at the Office for Victims of Crime, and I'll put those contact pieces of information in the show notes for you. Now, you may be wondering if there are any red flags that we can spot before we fall victim to an online Romeo. There certainly are, so let's talk about them. Mother Teresa once said, The most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. These romance scammers know that, and they use it to take advantage of vulnerable people. The Federal Trade Commission says that romance scams are the second most profitable fraud on social media, only behind investment scams. Over a third of people who lost money to one of these Romeos said that the relationship started on either Facebook or Instagram. I think most of the rest would say online dating sites. So let's dive into some of those red flags that we can look out for so we can avoid these creeps and help others avoid them too. If you are in a new relationship online, even if you think it's just for friendship and companionship, look out for these things. Maybe your new friend wants to move the relationship from platonic to romantic way too fast. 
set boundaries about how quickly you're going to share and receive personal information that would move a relationship along and then stick to that boundary. Look really hard at their photo. If it seems to be a bit too perfect, I would use search by image on Google. That way you can see if that same photo is popping up on more than just their profile. A lot of times that's how these guys or girls get caught. They're using photos on multiple different accounts and someone finally notices. Beware if they ask for your address, your social security number, those kind of things. Or if they ask for money. Just don't give it to them. Check to see if their communication matches up with the level of education that they're claiming, or even the nationality they say they are. If there are a lot of misspellings, a lot of grammar mistakes, or if they're using British spelling when they say they're an American, those things are definitely red flags. Do they always have an excuse why they can't do a video call or meet you in person? Or if they do set something up at the last minute they always have to bail, that can be a huge red flag. Now, this one doesn't seem like a red flag at first, but are they wanting to give you money? Criminals will use unsuspecting people to launder their dirty money for them. They may ask you to set up a bank account and put that money into it or send money to a third party. So it's flowing through you, it's flowing through that bank account, and it's getting cleaned up. It's not being sent directly from the people who are doing the criminal activities. But if that happens, unknowingly, you're right in the midst of those activities too. And we don't want you getting in any trouble. I'd also say, just listen to your gut. Our minds will often recognize things that seem a little bit off before we can consciously put them all together and truly make sense of them. So if you've got that uneasy feeling then say, I need to think about this more. I need to get more information. I can't really make a good decision on whether or not I should trust this person or do this thing that they're asking. And for those of us who are Christ followers, I'd say that those gut checks are the Holy Spirit speaking to us, giving us wisdom that we are not showing maybe on our own and trying to keep us out of trouble. Pat Brightcruz was an 83-year-old widow in 2020 when she met a man named Lewis on a dating website for older adults. She was so lonely, and he lavished her with attention and would even call her his queen. Now, who wouldn't like that and want to have people in your life doing that? But it wasn't long before Lewis asked Pat to send money to help him with the construction company that he said he owned up in Montreal, Canada. She sent nearly $100,000 before she checked out some of his claims and realized that she'd been had. A 50-ish woman from Great Britain lost a huge sum of money to a man who said his name was Andrew and that he was a Bulgarian food importer who lived in London. They spoke on the phone for hours, and Anna fell hard for him. Only five weeks into the relationship, he asked for money, just a small amount, and he said it was for an unexpected business expense. Once he had her used to doing that for him, he said that his daughter had died and he needed money for her funeral. As if that wasn't tragic enough, it wasn't long before he sent a message saying he'd been kidnapped and was being tortured by loan sharks. Anna was all invested emotionally by now, and she was petrified. 
she turned to Facebook for help finding Andrew. What she found instead was a message from a woman claiming that Andrew was actually a Mexican-Argentinian actor whose real name was Juan Soler. It took months for Anna to be able to believe it. Although the loss of money, of course, was devastating, she said that the loss of the relationship was like losing a husband. So what can we do if we think maybe we're caught up or someone in love is caught up with one of these online romance scams? The first thing I want everybody to realize and recognize is that this is a crime, a cybercrime. If you've sent them money already, don't beat yourself up, but don't send any more. Save any photos they've sent you. Save any online chats or text threads or emails. Write down any details you can remember about phone conversations. Then take all of that information to the police. But make sure you keep a copy of it all. You may have other authorities that will need that, and sometimes things do get lost. Notify the website where you met this person, whether that is a dating website or a social media platform, and be sure you notify your bank. You may be able to get some of your money back through a fraud protection system. I would also suggest reporting to the Federal Trade Commission. You can do that at report.ftc.gov. And I put that link in the show notes with the others. The Bible verse for today is a short one. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, and this is Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. This was not at all the biblical direction I was planning on going this week. I was really looking for something with some condemnation for the wicked, that kind of thing. But as I was doing some research for this episode, I came across a blog post by Kevin Halloran. He was writing about scammers lurking on places like Facebook Marketplace and other sites that he used. Once he was on to them, he used to tell these people that he knew they were scammers, then he'd report them to Facebook or whatever site he'd found them on. Good plan, right? After doing this for a while, he actually came up with an even better plan. Now, he would still tell them that he knew they were trying to scam him, but now he asks them to pause and consider the consequences of their actions. He cites scripture and shares the gospel with them. He still reports them, and he should. Now, are you thinking, but what about grace? Well, let's talk about that. I believe that too often, as believers, we give out what I call cheap grace. We believe everyone who just says they're sorry. Now, believe me, they are not all sorry. Sometimes people just know what it is that we want to hear. Even if they are truly repentant, not just sorry, but actively pursuing a new way of behaving, their actions still need to have consequences. A great example of that from Scripture is found in the 20th chapter of Numbers. Moses is leading the people of Israel through the wilderness to the promised land. They're all grumbling about not having water, and to make a long story short, God tells Moses how to fix it, but Moses gets mad at the people and their whining and does it his own way, and then tries to take the credit. I'm going to guess that Moses was very sorry afterward. He seems like that kind of guy, doesn't he? 
but his actions caused him to lose out on getting to enter the promised land. All of the I'm sorry's in the world could not change this outcome. God is good, though, and he did grant him a measure of mercy by taking Moses up to Mount Nebo to allow him a glimpse of the land that he wouldn't ever be able to set his feet upon. Moses' relationship with God wasn't broken by his disobedience, but a price did have to be paid. Let me know what you thought of this episode. I love having conversations about this stuff. Send me an email at Lori, that's L-O-R-I, at theunlovelytruth.com, or you can message me on social media. You'll find me on LinkedIn at The Unlovely Truth, Facebook at The Unlovely Truth, and Instagram at The Unlovely Truth Podcast. Let's have some of those hard but impactful conversations. The Unlovely Truth is written and produced by me, Lori Morrison. Music is by Neocortex, and the artwork is by Shelby Highland. See you all next time.